Welcome back to the Multi-Channel Reseller Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, back again with another episode. And I am back a lot later than I wanted to be. I wanted to get a podcast out a little bit earlier. But man, oh man, I've been busy. And I, I don't get paid to do this, you know? So my life, how I make my living is by what I talk about on this podcast. Like, I make a living by doing what I do. And I have to, I have to prioritize that. And... um so I've been just busy with business and um, and also family. And then um, once, you know, I can, I get a uh, a break in the action. It's not really a break in the action. It's just me breaking up the monotony, I guess you could say. Um, because, you know, when I'm doing this, I'm not doing something else, you know, and um you know, unlike a lot of podcasters and YouTubers or whatever, you know, a lot of those people get paid to do what they do. And rightfully so. I'm not against it against it at all. And that's actually something uh, I plan on getting to at a certain point is to monetize my podcast and monetize um, an audience. Um, because. I talk about, you know, my income goals. I, I've talked about that in the past, you know, making $100,000 a month. But um, but it's not something that, you know, you can just do. It's not something that uh, anybody could just do. Well, uh, well, that's not, you know, sure there's other there's, there's cases where it's the opposite of what I'm getting ready to say. But you can't really do that unless you're, you know, helping people, right? So, um <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I want to, um, yeah, I want to, you know, create some courses or things like that about what I do, right? About my strategy, about uh, how I um, become, became successful. And I, I don't even like saying I became successful. I'm not, I don't, I don't really see myself that way because there's always more to do there's always a bar there's always the bar is always constantly being raised but i would say to um you know to show people how to get results that i've gotten um you know taking my business processes and putting them um into a course where other people can benefit from and um that is something i'm interested in and you can't really get to $100,000 a month, you know, unless you're helping people. That's my opinion. Or that's not my opinion. That's just actually fact. But obviously, there are other situations where that's not true. So not 100% of the time that's true. But um, but you're here. You're listening. So thank you for coming, coming by uh, for the new uh, listeners. Thank you for joining and for the permanent fixture listeners thank you for being a permanent fixture um yeah just thank you so much and i was going to spend some time uh preparing for this episode but it would have took another probably 30 minutes and i i just decided to get on and just rip and uh hey i don't get paid to do this so you get what you pay for (laughs) 
So, um, so this episode, I'm, I'm going to um, talk about something I, I, I kind of skipped over, um, um, skipped over a, a, pre, a few episodes back. I wanted to talk about the private label um, side of my business and give an update on that, which was supposed to be the last episode, but um, I decided to not do it and to um, hold out a little bit. Um, and I'm also going to combine, uh, because it's, it, I don't think it's a lot of information. I, I don't, I don't really have much of an update. We'll get into it, but I don't really have too much of an update, I guess you can say. But, um, so I'm going to combine, uh, the private label update with the podcast that I've been wanting to do. And I've been talking about, um, here, um, about, you know, SOPs, standard operating procedures, and um, that's been my most recent um, project uh, or focus, rather, in in my business. And I'm going to dive in pretty deep on that. So I didn't really, I mean, I, I you know, I'm just going to rip, you know, because right now it's it's one o'clock in the morning. And and listen, you know, for those permanent fixtures, they they know this, but I, I have to record these podcasts. Around this time, so any time between one and three a.m. in the morning is the only time I can really record. Um, you know, I, I I run my business full time, and I have six kids. My wife and I have six kids. I have six kids and a and a and a spouse. So, uh, it's um, it's pretty hectic, and right now. Yeah, and in in, in in all of them are under the age of eight. My oldest just turned eight a couple of months ago, and then I had uh, my my third my third kid uh, just had a birthday. Well, who just had a birthday? Damn it! Who was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just had his uh, fourth birthday a couple of weeks ago. Was that last week? Shit, it might have been last week. Anyways, it's, right now it's, it's May 30th. Uh, his birthday's on 24th. So, yeah, almost a week ago. And um, so, yeah, so these are all, you know, little kids. Are in, in, and now it's even more crazier because they're out of school right now. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, you know, having them at home. We're not really doing um, summer school and all that kind of stuff. We're going to try to... Um, you know, do more family time and things like that. Um, so yeah, anyways, anyways, so, and that, and that's been, um, since the inception of the podcast, I've pretty much been only been able to record, um, you know, around these times. So it take if, if I spend time to prepare, sometimes it, if I try to prepare for the podcast before the episode, you know, before I want to drop something, it just eats into the time. So that's part of the reason why, part of the reasons why the podcasts go for as long as they do. Um, part of the reason, not, not a huge reason, but the main reason why I, I actually, um, prefer the long form, uh, podcasts and I uh, prefer doing long form and, um, and that's just the way it's going to be, um, moving forward. And eventually, like I said, you know, I don't get paid to do this right now. So once um, I open up the the platform to for you guys to support the podcast, you know, obviously not obviously, but, um, you know, invest some more time and resources into establishing maybe like a, a clips, a clips, um, 
podcasts, you know, um, where there's just, you know, clips here and there or shorter versions. And then being able to jump to you, jump on YouTube and, and also do long form on YouTube or, um, record simultaneously the podcast and video. But, um, but yeah, but I have to get to that point, y'all, you know, you know, I need, I need more support than what I'm getting, but, um, but right now I'm just, I'm just focusing on my business and, uh, recording podcasts as often as I can. And, um, and this for, for, for now, it's just practice for me, you know, it's practice for me and, um, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not, uh, um, I've been doing this podcast for quite a few years now. I think when did I start this podcast? Maybe 2018. And, um, yeah, so, and yeah, I've been doing this podcast 18, uh, since 2018, excuse me. And, um, yeah, I'm not in a rush to, you know, start monetizing it, but now I'm really thinking about it because I'm honing in on my, uh, my strategy. My strategy is a lot more clear. I can communicate it a lot more better. And then, um, once I'm able to, you know, um, package that up and offer it, you know, uh, but we're not, you know, we're still going to do free stuff, free information, all that kind of good stuff. But there's, there's going to be a point where there's going to be some paid information. That, that's just how the game goes. And I'm here to play the game. Um, but for now, let's get into the episode. Okay. So let's first start with the private label update. Um, if you go uh, back in the catalog maybe not too long in the catalog. I have a episode called private label update where I talk about, um, how my private label product, uh, is doing. So I am not going to really, I'm going to, you know, if you're new, you're going to have to check that out. But, um, but if you don't want to check that out, that's fine too. I'm going to, uh, segue that to another topic that, um, that doesn't require any references, besides what I'm talking about in this podcast. So let's, 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 let's get into it. So the private label, I don't have much for you in, in that department as far as an update, because I haven't really put too much more time into it. Um, so all the, the, the things that I wanted to do, I was ambitious about um, in the last episode, I think I, I talked about um, starting some Google ads or starting to, you know, learn about Google ads and, and wanting to learn about Google ads and started running some more ads. I have not had the time to do that. Okay. Had not, I have not had the time to do that. Um, and, and now I'm changing course. Um, I'm changing, I'm changing course. And I'm going to um, talk about that in a second, but I got a few bullet points that I wrote down a few nights ago about, um, about what I want to talk about in terms of the private label. Um, I had, to, I had this weird thing going on with my, with my product where I only get sales on the weekend. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm not moving a lot of this product, by the way. Um, but I, I am moving it. It's moving that, that is what I care about most right now is that there are some sales that are coming in. And I think over the, uh, this month, I probably sold about maybe 10. Hold on. I got to crack open the, the Coke Zero real quick. This is Cherry Coke. This is uh, good stuff right here. 
I had to I had to I usually crack it open a little bit earlier in the episode, but it was a little a little slush, a little too frozen. I like my drinks to be right there, right before they freeze, you know. Um right before they freeze, but but not slushy. So I guess right before they become slushy. And uh Cherry Coke Zero. You know, cold like that is very good. Now, I am going to, you know, eventually I'm going to open up a, a, a fund that you guys can, you know, if you guys want to support, support the episode, you know, I'm going to open up a Coke fund. You guys could, you know, if you want to send a donation or two to the, to the Coke Zero Coke fund, that's, that's, that's cool too. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to set that up. Or if you just want to, you know, send me a gift, if there's a way you can ship me over some Coke Zero I like the mini cans, so I don't really do the, see the, the Cherry Coke Zero, um, it comes in a box, but it's the, it's the regular size cans, I prefer them to come in a box, like you can get the mini cans of the Coke Zero, but they don't come in the cans, they just are in the little pack, the little plastic, they're just, they're just out, you know what I mean, I don't really like it like that, I do buy it sometimes, but recently I've just been buying the regular size out of the box, but mini Coke, regular, regular minis, Mini Zero Coke, I'm cool with that. Um, you know, hit me up on multichannelpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send me some uh send me some mini Coke Zero. But anyways, all right. So I've been getting sales um on the weekend. That's the only time I really that's the only time I see sales. I rarely see sales. I think this this month I've seen probably one sale come on a Tuesday, and everything else comes on a weekend. Now um, I, I, you know, I, I had an experience back in 2018, which I talked about, um, you know, on the podcast and I had bought some products. I thought I was, I thought I was doing private label, you know, I thought I was doing private label and, and, uh, I bought these, I mean, I spent thousands of dollars, you know, buying these products that I thought I'd be able to sell. And it was, there were, there were two products and, um, I bought them and I haven't sold one of one of the products. So I bought a couple of hundred, maybe four or 500. I don't remember, but it was, it was a lot. I spent maybe three, four grand. And this was early. Like when I, when I first lost my job back in 2018 and, um, I had a, I had a, a, a $10,000 stash and that's what I used to start reselling. You know, I had $10,000 of borrowed money, by the way that I already had before I lost my job. And I was like, right before I lost my job, I was considered paying it back um, because I had borrowed it for, I don't remember why I borrowed 10 grand, but I borrowed 10 grand from a bank and I didn't, I ended ended up not needing it, but I held on to it, okay? But I held on to it. And then when I lost my job, I'm like, oh shit, because I was getting ready to pay it back, you know? I was like, okay, you know, I, I have to use this money to start, um, my e-commerce, you know, so that's what I did. And I think I, I, I blew through nearly half of it trying to uh, do private label. And I bought these products and I, and I, and I had a, it was two separate products. Like I said, never sold one of, um, one, uh, of one of the products and another pro the other product, I didn't sell any of that product, um, at least for maybe a, a year or so. And I was able to I was able to sell them on Macari. That was when I first started doing like multi-channel. When I first um, you know got uh, when I first 
was introduced to selling off of Amazon, I was selling them on Macari and I was selling them uh, quite a bit, but that was like, you know, I already considered it a lost by that point. Um, I just figured, hey, you know, it, I, it's something I can try to sell. And then I put it up on Macari and I used to sell a whole bunch of them. I used to sell like, you know, five, six, seven, eight a day, you know, and then it, it steamed out. I mean, it, it, it eventually phased out. If I had about, what did I have? I had about 500, I had 550 units. I probably sold, you know, I don't know, maybe less than, less than 200 because I was selling a lot, but it, it phased out after a certain amount of time. And I was only selling like maybe once every so often. And then I wasn't able to sell any, I guess, you know, the, the product just lost steam. But, um, but prior to that, it was no sales. I already, I already thought I was never going to sell any more again. So seeing that my private label product is selling. I mean, that's all that, I mean, like that, 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 like after telling you that, I think maybe you can understand why I'm satisfied with so little, <laughs> I'm satisfied with so little of what I'm getting in sales. You know, I'm just satisfied that it's moving. Okay. So that it's something that someone wants. Okay. That that's what's the only thing that's, that that's proven is that someone wants this. You know, now the, the, the challenge is how do I get it in the faces of more people? Because the reason why I say that is, hold on, let me take a sip real quick. Okay. So that the, that's the challenge is getting it in front of more people, um, who can decide if they want it or not. That's been the challenge. Okay. So I'm not a hundred percent sure why it's not selling as well as it is. I'm not, when I say a hundred percent sure, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent on every single theory that I have, but I'm sure that there's some truth to the different theories that I have. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's not a product that I, it's not a product, maybe, now, it's still maybe, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I still have some level of hope because there's still more to do in terms of marketing. Um, it's not, it's definitely not what I thought it was going to do, right? So this product came about from my interpretation of what I thought the market wanted, okay? Because I have a product that I sell that's similar looking, okay? And then I got, you know, going through all the reviews for that product and all the bad things that they, you know, they were saying about that product. Now, it's, it's a, now that product is still a really good seller, by the way. It's my number two um, best-selling product. And I make, a, you know, a, a decent return. Not a decent, I make a, a good return on, on those sales. It's the product I'm still selling right now, still selling a lot of it, and then, I'm making, you know, a lot of it, making, making my living off of that one product, um, making a, you know, a, a nice percentage of my living on that product. Um, and, and, and I came up with my interpretation of what the market wanted based on that. Now I came up with a product, you know, 
brought it to market and it's not being received okay it's not being received well at least okay so um you know that's that's cool that's fine you know i you know it's fine you 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 you, you hit one you miss others you you know so um let me run let me, let me go over some numbers real quick so <clears throat> my cost of goods my cost of goods for this particular product is $13.25 per unit okay my profit is $11.27 i wrote this stuff down so $11.27 per unit at this point because i play with different price points cuz for for many months not and, and i started selling this product back in january for many months, I was trying to, you know, I'm playing with the price because I'm trying to see what customers are responding to. I noticed that, and 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 um, and this is true for a lot of products. Sometimes when you, you know, have a low price, uh, it doesn't it doesn't change, you know, the behavior of the the buying behavior of a customer because one product is lower, right? So. So um, I try to you know start with a low price, and no no I, I started with a, a high price. I started seeing some sales. It wasn't often. It wasn't frequent. When I lowered my price, I didn't see low. I didn't see more sales. It was it was a little bit about the same. But then I I'm, I'm now in between. I'm now in the middle. My price is now in the middle of what I started with, and what you know the low prices that I was playing with. Um, early on so i'm i'm sticking to the price that i have it set at i'm not going any lower i'm not going any higher um <clears throat> now my my ultimately a, a good scenario would be to be able to move my price higher and there's different scenarios that that can happen for me to move my price higher but i'm i'm i am nowhere near close to that so i'm not really thinking about that so at the price that i'm selling it for uh, which is uh, thirty six dollars. Okay, so my my gross profit is is eighty five percent. So eighty five percent is my gross profit. Now this is a product that I sell on Etsy. Okay, my gross profit profit is eighty five percent. I'm cool with that. I'm so I'm making profit on a per sale basis. So if worst case scenario, I do nothing. Now I'm seeing about ten sales a month. I'm not seeing anything. Um, more than that and i may have a, there were a few months man i've sold maybe a little bit less maybe like eight you know um but all together between my two etsy accounts i have two etsy accounts that i sell this product on i sell about 10 about 10 you know give or take so let's say it's just 10 though so um to make all of my money back sucks so, i spent a total of uh 5300 on 400 units okay I have 400 units that i bought uh, you know, and then I spent fifty three hundred on them. Um, I need uh, I need to sell um, a little over half of that to make all of my money back. So two hundred sixteen units to make all of my money back. If I'm selling about ten a month, in worst case scenario, it still stays the same. I'll have my money back in about twenty two to twenty three months, right? Which was about two years. I'm actually cool with that. I'm actually cool with that. And after that, it's just all profit. You know, I'm actually cool with that because when you think the way I'm thinking about it is like, I mean, I'm just saying if, if, if worst case scenario and I just can't get the product to sell, you know what I'm saying? And, and, um, it's just a dud. 
that's that's the worst case scenario is that I will I will sell through the products, you know, within two years. Sell through half of them, a little over half of them. And then after that, I'll make, you know, uh, just, just a profit on profit after that. Right. So, you know, it's, it's like, like, imagine if you, you know, if you, if you, uh, you know, bought a piece of, I mean, it's not, you know, possible to buy a piece of real estate for, or a house rather for five, $10,000, maybe in Detroit. But if you say if you bought a house for five, $10,000 and, you know, and then, you know, you're making rent on it and you make your money back within a couple of years and then, you know, you have a couple more years for owning the property and then you're still making money on top of the money you made back after two years. You know, it's cool. It's an investment. You know, I look at it like as an investment, worst case scenario. I'm making money. I'm not losing money on a per, ba- per sale basis and I'm making money. Okay. And that's better than not moving any of the products. And it's only, and, it, and it also the thing is, it, it's going to snowball eventually. Even if it, in my worst case scenario, it's going to snowball eventually because there's going to be more social proof involved with more reviews and more pictures. And and um, the algorithm is going to you know pick up on the, uh, the, the positive feedback. And the algorithm is going to figure out for me where to put these product, products on, on, on Etsy. And my sales are going to snowball, um, even in the worst case scenario. But um, here's, but here is a positive. Here's another positive, and this is this is and, and this is actually something to think about for me. I'm really like, hmm, what what? I'm obviously not doing everything I could do to move the product, but I have not had a single person return it. Now I have had one really bad review. And uh, one person like gave me a really bad review and um, it was an unfair review, but that's the name of the game. You know, people are going to just, you know, shit on you um, in the review section, you know, in the reviews um, for no apparent reason. And they would never contact you. They would never say, hey, this is not what I expected. Can I have a refund? Which all the time I say, yes, all the time I say, hey, you know, you don't like it. Here's your money back. I say it every single time. You know, I mean, unless they, you know, bought the product a year ago. But even then, people who buy products from me and they have issues with them, I send them replacements, no matter when the fuck they buy from me. That 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 and that's that's my level of customer service, and and that's a whole different scenario that you know we could talk about at a different time. But uh, it's not a common it's not a uh, a common scenario. It doesn't happen frequently. So because it doesn't happen frequently and I make enough money on a per sale basis, like, yo, I'll send you a replacement. No biggie. Cause they'll probably pick up another product from me later on. So it's just goodwill. But anyways, so yeah, that's that. Okay. Um, let me go to the next bullet, bullet point. So, um, so the next thing I'm going to do is cut off. I'm going to cut off. Um, I have a, uh, eBay, I have a separate eBay account for my private label product. I'm going to cut that off. I'm not getting any traction with that. Nothing's happening with that. Nothing. Okay. So I'm going to cut that off. And um, what, am I, what else am I going to do? I wrote it down here. Um, like I said, I have two Etsy accounts. I have my main Etsy account where I, have sell, where, where I sell all of my products. And I have another Etsy account where I just sell my private label product. Um, 
yeah, like I said, you know, thirty six dollars I, I I sell it for, but um, but yeah, so I have a separate Etsy account now. I do. I was running ads. I was run. I was running maybe like two, three dollars a day ads on my second Etsy account for the private label product. But then my, I I noticed my my sales weren't picking up. Um, you know, I just didn't have. It just wasn't really picking up. You know, I was getting sales. Um. But yeah, but anyways, I lowered it to one dollar a day, and it's not. It's I'm I, I'm I'm literally wasting money right now, you know. I'm literally wasting money, so I'm spending thirty dollars a month on nothing. Now, I have most of my sales for my private label product coming from my main Etsy account. They used to come from my uh, my second Etsy my my second Etsy account. Most of my sales, but then um, I did update my I did change my listing on my Etsy account, on my main Etsy account for my private label product. So it looks different than my, the listing, the, the pictures and the photos and everything like that. It looks different on my main Etsy account than it does on my second Etsy account. And I think it's probably better. That's, that's why there's a flip in terms of my sales happening more so on my main Etsy account than on my separate Etsy account. Maybe that's, I think that has something to do with it. Um, but anyways, Anyways, I'm turning off ads. I'm going to turn off ads. Haven't done it yet. I'm going to turn off ads on my second Etsy account. I don't run ads on my private label product on my main Etsy account. So I'm going to save $30 a month doing that. <clears throat> um, and I have it listed on uh, Amazon. I have a separate uh, Amazon account. Uh, you know, I have, a, I have a main Amazon account. And then I have a, you know my separate one for my private label product. I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, I'm not getting any sales. I haven't got any sales or, or anything on that, like that. Uh, I haven't got any sales or anything like that on Amazon. So my sales only coming from Etsy right now. Um, I'm gonna leave it up on Amazon, <clears throat> and and I'm still going to decide uh, where I'm gonna run my ads to. Okay, so. <clears throat> I I changed my um my I guess my marketing strategy I guess you can say or my ads strategy from Google to Facebook. So I was going to jump on to Google Ads or run Google Ads, but I think I'm going to run Facebook. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of my uh sales on Etsy come from um Facebook. And that's not without me running ads. That's with Etsy running ads on Facebook. And I have a, a lot of, uh, so then I think a lot of my, a lot of the customers that I'm trying to reach are going to be on Facebook. And I think they are because the, the, my, um, target, target audience is, uh, middle-aged, um, older women and, um, they on Facebook, so I'm gonna run ads on Facebook. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna figure out how to run ads on Facebook first. I'm not just gonna run ads. I need to learn how to do it. And that's what's really uh, holding me up a little bit is um, getting that time to do that. So okay, um, let me see. I'm looking at my bullet points here. So keep Amazon, run Facebook ads. So maybe I may be running Facebook ads to my. Amazon account because I would really like my 
I would really like to activate that Amazon account and start getting start getting sales and reviews on Amazon. Uh, I would I would I would really like that, but um, it's possible I may run ads to my Etsy listing because um, even if I bring traffic from Facebook to Etsy to for these people to look at my private label product, I may be able to indirectly advertise my other products. So let's say they come, they might come and they may buy more than one product from me, or they might not even buy my private label product. They might just buy something else that's in my shop on Etsy. So I'm um, maybe I might be able, I might be maximizing my advertising dollars by doing that. Because on, on, on Amazon, on my Amazon account, they're just going to be, you know, the traffic's just going to be driven to that one product. I don't have other products on that Amazon account. So, I don't know. So, I'm still trying to figure that out. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, um, so let's see. Um, but the, the, the problem that I'm, um, the problem that I am... Uh, possibly going to run into and that I'm, that I'm keeping um, my, my eyes open for is um, I, I, my, my gross profit margin is 85%. I don't know um, if that is enough to run ads to where I can still make money. See, my whole thing is like, here, here's a scenario that I don't want to be in. Okay, so my profit on a per unit basis right now on Etsy is $11.27. It's 85% gross profit. Because my, you know, my cost of goods is $13.25. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to um I don't want to pay for ads that cost me, you know. $10 per unit, $8 per unit. My profit already is $11.27. Now, um, <clears throat> see, in, 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 in this where it can get a little bit, where I might have to spend a little bit more time doing some type of analysis, because if I'm talking about... Uh, bringing traffic to Etsy or Amazon or any other platforms, right? Any of the um, the platforms that I currently sell on eBay, Amazon, Etsy, right? If I run traffic from Facebook to those places, I'm going to have to pay those fees, those selling fees. So those selling fees cutting to my, my gross profit, obviously. Now, let's say I have my own website which I can have up very quickly. Um, and I started running traffic from Amazon, uh, Facebook to my website, to my Shopify, or to, um, what's that other one called with, uh, let's say ClickFunnels, for example. Um, it, gets, it gets more complicated, right? It gets a little bit more complicated if I want to run them to my own website or run them to, through ClickFunnels or something like that. There's more things I have to learn and, and spend time learning. 
which is not a problem. You know, I don't have an issue doing that. It's just, well, how long is it going to take me to do that? Right. And what is the benefit for me doing that? Because if I'm doing it only to, um, only to, you know, spend a whole bunch of advertising dollars to make, you know, two, three dollars in profit on a per sale basis, that may not be worth it for me. It may not be worth it for me. Yeah, sure, I'll I'll walk away with the experience and the knowledge of doing it, but um, I don't have enough products right now where that matters. Because whatever I learn from you know uh, advertising to my own website or you know Shopify or two ClickFunnels, uh, I'm gonna forget it. You know, I mean, even if I wrote it down, I'd, I wouldn't do it enough times to understand it, to write it, to write to write a process down. And I don't know if it's going to be worth my time. So, uh, so from that perspective, you know, my cost of goods will may be too high from that perspective. You know, my margin is too low because my cost of goods is too high and I can't sell the product. I can't like, originally I thought I would be able to sell this product for $60 or close to it. What did I say? Did I say $60 before? I don't know. I don't remember what I said, but I thought I'd be able to sell it for way higher than what I'm selling it for now. I thought I'd be able to sell it for maybe like 50. And I was basing that um, based on the product that I sell currently that's similar. I was basing that on what that product sells for during a Q4 season. Now that product can sell for up to, you know, 50, $55 in a Q4 season. Um, this product is not, I, I already know it's not going to do that. You know, I think the most I can sell it for comfortably is $36. And um, when I say comfortably, I mean like consistently enough. And um, that isn't, I mean, that's only what, 13, 26, 39. So that's, that's less than three times my cost of goods. Okay. So when it comes to like, like advertising and running ads, I, I, what I, what I do, I don't know much about that yet, but what I do know is it costs money, you know, it costs money to do that. And, um, so yeah, it's going to, it's going to take me a little bit more time to do like, you know, cost benefit analysis to go that route, you know, from going through my own website. So, um, so that's the issue that I'm, that I have to keep in mind when I'm, you know, figuring out how I'm going to run ads, whether it's to Facebook, whether it's to, uh, whether it's to Amazon, whether it's to Etsy. See, if I just run ads straight to those places, it's like, it's one less step I have to worry about. I don't have to worry about, you know, getting people to come to my website. I'm getting people to come to a trusted source already, which is Etsy or Amazon. Right. So it's, um, there's pros and cons to it. There's benefits and minuses to it depending on what, what path you go down. And that's something that I will find out. But um, a timeline on when I'm going to find that out, I can't really I can't really put a timeline on that. And some people might be thinking like, oh, well, why did you even go down this path to begin with, right? Why did you even, um, even entertain this, uh, this idea of having a private label business? And that is the segue 
to the next section of this podcast. And that is what I am set out to do and what is going to allow me to spend more time with the private label. But I'll give a quick, quick answer real quick. Well, the reason why I needed to entertain this idea for one is I needed to know if I was right. You know, I need to know, like I had some analysis already. Um, my original idea was to be able to sell this product. Okay. Without going through, um, too much of the, the ads kind of thing. Now I knew it was a possibility, which, which is fine. I mean, as long as I, you know, I wasn't, you know, uh, delusional in the sense that, oh, you know, I might, I might have, I might have to, I wasn't delusional in the sense that I didn't think I would have to, um, put my product into more people's view. Okay. But my original plan was, I think, I think I'm on to something. I have this data. I have, um, uh, I have this feedback and from this, you know, from, from, from this other product. And I think I can make something that the market is, is, is asking for. I had to go through that process. I had to go through that process of talking with a supplier, you know, getting the design, uh, going through a sample, you know, dealing with communication issues, you know, you know, months and months and months of communication. I had to go through all that because, because ultimately that is where I need to be. I need to have ultimately, you know, ultimately the top of the food chain is having your own brand, you know, now my business right now is not that I spend 95 plus percent of my time, um, buying wholesale and selling retail. That is the moneymaker, right? But after you've done it for so many times, you're going to have to make a decision. You got to make a decision. Um, you have to make a decision if you're going to continue to expand on this, right? Or do you want more control? Do you want more ownership? And me, I want more control and I want more ownership. And I am okay with having a cash cow with uh, um, being in the you know, wholesale retail relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that because there's so many different opportunities there that can generate cash, right? It can generate cash for sure. But long-term, you have to make a decision, you know, at the end of the day, what possibly can happen is, um, you, well, okay. Well, you want to mitigate your potential risks right now. I am not afraid that tomorrow um, my supplier is going to just drop me, you know, and that was a fear of mine when I was an Amazon seller. See, when you're an Amazon seller, you live in that fear, you know, if you're doing business like 80% of the Amazon sellers, okay? But um, because 
my value is off of Amazon, I have a little bit more longevity than an Amazon seller would. But I need to mitigate my risk. I need to spend some of my time building out my own line of products in the niche that I know, or at least that I think I know. Building out a line of products to mitigate the risk. It doesn't have to be, hey, I'm trying to replace my uh, my income from my wholesale retail relationship or, or relationships. I, it doesn't have to be I'm trying to replace it. It's just I'm trying to supplement it. I'm trying to mitigate my risk. So if something does happen, I have a cushion to fall back on. Because at, at the end of the day, um, even though there's a lot of benefits to you know being in a wholesale retail relationship, um, there's still risks, you know. And how do you mitigate those risks? You know, you can mitigate you can mitigate those risks with having a a, a, a separate business you know, or having a different income stream, which is what we're all about. The, the multi-channel reseller is about having multiple income streams, preferably related to each other. So that way you can uh, be efficient with your time. But um, we get to mitigate your risks. And um, yeah, so let's get let's get into the next part. So let's get into the SOPs. This podcast is going to be a little bit long, y'all. So you might have to break it up into a few sessions. A few driving sessions if you're, you know, commuting, right? Um, but um, but I'm past due, y'all. I'm past due on the episode, so I want to get this out. But I appreciate you guys um, wanting to listen in on, on this episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So what am I talking about with the SOPs and how does that have to do with private label and all this kind of stuff? Right. Well, it's very simple. Um, I am building out my system, you know, how I do things. I am getting it now committed to paper and pen so that way other people can do my job or do the jobs that I do. Excuse me. So I can scale my business, you know, take full advantage of the opportunities that are in front of me. And part of um, and one of the opportunities I can expand on is time, you know, getting back my time. That's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to get back my time by creating these standard operating procedures giving them to some uh, my, you know virtual assistant or employee or something like that to perform these jobs that I do so that way I can focus on other areas that's the whole point you know so let's 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 talk about SOPs real quick I call them SOPs so a lot of us either work a job or have worked at a job before. Let's 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 talk about something real quick. <clears throat> have you ever been at work and 
you're like, and a, and, a, and, a, and a situation comes up, and this this may happen um, to salespeople, people who are in the sales or customer service um, industry, if, if 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 you can say that. This may happen to a, a lot to the to those people, but I'm sure it happens to other people in other industries as well. Obviously, you ever are at are you ever at work and you're like, and a situation comes up. And you're thinking like, man, this is very important. Like this, this is like, if we do this incorrectly, there's consequences. There's, there's consequences. People can, you know, um, the people involved, the customers who are involved will, will, will have some type of consequence if I don't do this thing correctly, whatever it is. But then you go through. Um, your your company, your your supervisor, your boss, or whatever, and they don't really have a clear process on how to solve this problem you're working on. And in and if they do have a clear process, it's a process that they've only done a few times, and no one else has done it enough times to be comfortable to make sure that it's done correctly. Have you ever been in that situation? I've been in that situation plenty of times. And when I think about those situations in the past, I always thought to myself, man, you know, like, every place that I've ever worked at may not have had clear processes or any process at all for a lot of things and things that maybe I may be overreacting, but it seemed important, <laughs> you know? Um, but then when I think back to those scenarios, I think like, and these are million dollar, billion dollar companies that, you know, I'm, I'm working with or working for. And if they don't, if they're falling short in this area, why do, why do I, as an entrepreneur, and in us as entrepreneurs, why do we feel like our business has to be so perfect? And we're not even a million dollar business. You know, we delay building a business because we don't have things in line or there are certain things that we don't have in place. So we delay the building of the business. Now this, this is, this is a problem with the, with a lot of would be entrepreneurs and current entrepreneurs, but there's million dollar businesses, billion dollar businesses who are constantly making mistakes and you work for these companies and their business isn't perfect. Their processes, processes aren't perfect. So why don't you have processes? Why don't we have these standard operating procedures? Now, I'm, I'm creating these things right now. But I should have prioritized this a long time ago. I'm not going to beat myself up, though. It's fine. You know, I'll take, I'll take full responsibility for it. Um, because to some degree, to some degree, 
I was not ready to establish these things. But what I would say is, if you work a job, pay close attention. Because if you look at your training, for example, you know, when you first got the job, a lot of it, you know, what you're learning is from the operate the operating manual. You know, they call them different different things in different places, right? SOP, standard operating procedures, operations manual, operations. You have the there, you know, these files online, you know, on your company's um, um, network, I guess you could say, where there's just, you know ends and ends and ends of processes that if you don't know how to do something you can go into the operations manual find it and then find out how to do something and that's where i'm trying to get that's where i'm getting not trying to get it. i am getting i'm getting to that point where you can go into my operations manual you, you don't know you know you, you you find a process and bam you, you you figure out how to do it now i am the author of this manual okay i am the business i am the author of the manual so it is going to it take when I when I first brought this up in the podcast I don't know how long ago maybe sometime early, earlier this year um I had I had one process okay because you know like I said before I don't do my accounting I don't do my accounting now I'm not saying I don't know how to do my accounting because at some point I was doing my accounting but the first thing I outsourced was my accounting. And I had a process for that, but I didn't really, uh, what did I do? I had it, uh, I didn't really, I had it like in an email on how to do the accounting from way back in the day, I don't know, 2019 or whatever. And that's when I was selling on Poshmark a whole lot and Macari and, um, uh, and even though, um, it wasn't always so, um, let's see, even though I kept changing my process a little bit over time, uh, I still had it down, you know, that was the only thing I had down. That was the only thing I had down. And I would, you know, reach out to my uh, virtual assistant and she would do that, you know, every so often. So when I, you know, and, and she didn't do it as often as, uh, or I didn't have her do it as often as maybe I should have, which was like once a month. So like a lot of times when I when I, I don't have numbers and stuff like that, it's because during those times I'm reporting the podcast, I didn't have my uh, my virtual assistant do the accounting, you know. But I'm 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 getting more I'm getting better at okay these are I'm look I'm getting better at uh, figuring out my flow and and it, it keeps. Uh, it keeps revealing itself the longer I'm in business. It's like, okay, I need to have my accounting done by the 10th of the month because it allows, uh, on Etsy, for example, it allows for um, refunds and returns to um, be accounted for. Because sometimes if I, if I do my accounting, uh, at a, if I do my accounting too early in the month, there may be refunds and uh, there may be refunds from the prior month from, you know, late in the prior month uh, that 
will come in after the accounting is done if I do it too early in the month. And then that's not going to be accounted for, you know. But anyways, it's just certain little nuances, you know, that I've been able to, you know, over time figure out. Um, so it's been changing and it's still changing. So, you know, anyways, hold on one second. Let's take a quick little break real quick. Be right back. All right. So I'm back. So anyways, my point was, um, at the time that I first brought it up on the podcast with the SOPs, I had one, uh, standard operating procedure. Um, now I have like seven or eight and I can think of another four or five, um, that I can create, um, But I didn't, I, like, I, 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 as I, as I kept creating them, I started realizing how many more I need to create. And I was like, wow, these, this is quite a bit of things. These are quite a, a number of things that I do. And I didn't realize it. And that's the, that's what I meant by, man, I, sh- I knew about SOPs. I knew they were important a long time ago, but you know, it's, Honestly, it's one of those things that us entrepreneurs, we delay and delay and delay. You know, it, it's just one of those things. It's, it's the difference between a small business and a big business. I've heard that once. Um, and I, I brought this book up earlier this year, a book called Work That System. I forget the name of the author, but that's where I was inspired enough to start this process. I knew about this stuff way before, but I just didn't get around to it um, just for delay, you know, just delaying, delaying and delaying, delaying it. But it's a book that I bought earlier this year or late last year. And it's a book that I talked about called Work That System. Guy talks about all this stuff, operating procedures. And I think that's, I think I heard him say that or in the book, I have the audio book and the actual book. I think he said the difference between a small business and a big business is the standard operating procedures. The big, a big business has that. So if you work for a big company, you have that, you know, there's no way that the, that, that a business can be, can exist without it. So when, 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 when you're buying a business, right? So like, for example, if you're buying a franchise, for example, you're not buying, you're not, you're not buying a McDonald's. That's not what you're buying. You're buying their standard operating procedure. You're, you're buying their process. You're not, you're not buying the burgers. You're buying their process of how they do things. You're buying, you're buying access to that. When you're buying a business anywhere, you're buying their process. That's the value. What is their process? How do they do what they do to get the results that they get? You're buying that. So if, 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 if someone wanted to buy my business, if, some, if, if you and I had the same identical exact business, okay, and someone came to us and said, hey, you know, I want to buy the, your business, but I have standard operating procedures, I have a manual of how I do everything, and you don't, I can, I can convince him to pay me more than he would pay you, and he or she will gladly pay that. 
because for me, if they're buying my business, they're like, oh, this is how he wrote down everything. Like, I don't, I don't have to figure it all out. But if he buys it from you, he would have to hire you. He, he would have to convince you to stay in the business as an employee so you can show him how to run the business, right? And if you don't want to do that, he would have to buy your business and figure your business out. So that's the difference, you know, that, that, that right there is a difference. And it's very interesting. I, I've been having a lot of, uh, um, a lot of, uh, moments of uh, clarity as I'm writing these operating procedures out. And, um, and I, I didn't realize how much, uh, how, how easy it was for me to do. Um, because I, I actually been practicing somewhat with my one operating procedure that I was telling you about, because I've rewritten it and rewritten it and expanded it and all this kind of stuff is my accounting, you know, and, 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 um, I've done it quite a number of times. I was able to jump straight into it and just start writing. Right. I'm doing writing. I'm doing screenshots. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. Now it does. T- it, it took me a long time to do. And, and it, it, it takes, at least for me, it took me a long time to build up. Right. Is because um, I got to make sure I'm clear. And the thing is, like. Uh, um, another thing is, too, like. I am. I got. uh I got used to spelling everything out because my whole philosophy with the, with writing in general, or just, you know, yeah, just writing in general. And, um, I was, I was a good writer even before all of this. Um, I used to help people with their resumes, you know, nonfiction stuff. So I was a good writer, whether it's essays, you know, in college, I was very good at that. I was good at, um, uh, resumes. I was able to, you know, anybody who sat down with me and did their resume, I got, they got a job every time. Okay. And, and, and it was because of their resumes and I didn't, I never had like the most, cause you, you know, if, if you went to school and you learned about resumes and all this kind of stuff, there's a lot of flamboyant stuff out there. You know, my resume was never like that. I had a, I had a structured resume that always got me an interview and always got me the job that I wanted and what, and I formatted it to where all I could do is change stuff out. I change one company out with a different one, um, or, you know, add, I had a whole format, you know, once, once I master once, once I had a master, uh, once I, um, once I created this resume and then, uh, revised it so many times, revise it, revise it, revise it, and made sure that it was clean, clear, and crisp, I was able to um, use it to give to other people. And they were just able to, to swap out, you know, my stuff with their stuff, got a job, got an interview every time. And it wasn't the most flamboyant resume. It just looked good. And it was formatted correctly. And everything was done like clear and crisp. You know, so I had some level of practice in terms of writing, you know, trying to be clear and crisp. And that was my whole thing uh, is is uh, I, that's why I enjoyed it. You know, enjoyed writing these uh, SOPs 
is because it kind of reminded me of of that line of thinking that I had at that time when I was, um, you know, doing a lot of writing. And it's all about being clear. You know, how do I, I spell out every single thing, or at least I try to. And um, I created a whole, you know, I don't know, seven or eight of them. Um, and I, yeah, I just enjoyed it. And, it, and it, it, it felt like, it felt like, um, it felt like, like art, you know, like creating a piece. Um, yeah, you guys don't know this, but before, before all the business, before all the business stuff, you know, I was an artist, you know, before the entrepreneur stuff, I, I was an artist. So, um, it, it, it just, I, I, I felt my, my artist brain and my artist side of me coming out because what happens is while I was, I was creating some SOPs and then I would have to, I, I would have to stop, you know, I can't edit it. I can't look at it again. I got to start another one. You know, I got to get another one in. Let me start another one. And then I start that up and, and then I get that nice and crisp and I go back to the other one, get that nice and crisp. It's like an unfinished piece that you just keep perfecting, you know, but you have to like do multiple at the same time though. You know, it, 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 just, it just, that's just how artists do sometimes, you know, they have to have multiple projects going. So I, I remember just having those feelings and, and, and it, it gave me, um, gave me a lot of joy, I guess you could say, um, because it reminded me of my, of my artist's side. So, um, <clears throat> that's not even what I wanted to get into, but, um, You know, with the SOPs, it's given me a lot more clarity um, in, in other areas as well in terms of what is the projection or the direction that I'm going in. Because now I created these things here. And, and oh, let, me, let me first say this real quick. Uh, the final straw where I can no longer delay getting to this point was the fact that I felt, I, I felt and I knew my business was stagnant because of me. That's, that's what it comes down to, man. Like it just comes down to, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a solopreneur, you are the bottleneck. You are the bottleneck. You are everything, but you're also the bottleneck. You know, you're the bottleneck. The business can't grow. The business can't do anything more than what you can do. And in, in that, I got to a point where it's like, you know what? I am, there's things I can do or that there's things that I used to do to grow my business. Like I got my business to a point to where it is now. Right. Um, you know, multiple six figures. I got there by doing all of these SOPs that I'm writing about. But over the past maybe six to eight, nine months, or maybe the past year, maybe maybe the past year, I have been feeling like not doing those things anymore. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I know I need to do these things, 
but it takes me so long to do them. For one, it takes me so long to do them. And because it takes me so long to do them, I am delaying the process of doing them. And these are things that are going to increase my sales or increase my, my business by one, by, um, um, you know, increase my business by many, many, in, in many ways. But I am dreading it because of the amount of time that it's going to take me to do these different tasks. But now I got them all written out and now someone else is doing them or now someone else can do them. And that's a big relief on me. But it's also, I'm thinking like, wow, I can probably triple my business within the next year. I can probably triple it instead of either, instead of being stagnant or barely doubling my business from the previous year. Because that's what's going to happen if I'm all doing it myself. I'm either going to maybe double it um, or stay stagnant, you know, you know, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't have a competition problem per se. And I maybe do and don't see it, but I don't really look at it that way. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing the sales that I want to do. But at the same time, I still need to have a competitive advantage. Okay. I need to have a competitive advantage. And in my niche, the competitive advantage is variety. Okay. Is variety. Now, that's not always true in my niche because I've been doing fine in my niche with not having as much variety in my in my shop or my boutique or whatever. Okay? But if I'm looking at the top person in my niche, that person has that person is doing what I what I you know, we're doing kind of the same thing. But that person um figured out how to do it a whole lot faster than me. And if I'm going to catch up to that person by any stretch of the imagination, I'm going to have to put out more variety, more variety of products. That is, this is in my particular niche. Okay. So in your niche, you got to find out what is going to give you the competitive advantage in your niche and um, aspire to that. Okay. But in my niche and what I'm doing, there's, um, there's a lot to do. There's a reason why that top person is that top person. And I never really uh, saw myself, you know, trying to, you know, over, um, overdo that person. But I know why they do the numbers they do. I know why they get the attention they do. I know why, you know, and I do what I do and I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to, you know, do exactly what they're doing, but there's one thing that I think is is clearly a differentiator. And I can't get to that point if I'm trying to do it myself. I'm going to have to outsource a lot of this stuff. And I didn't realize either until I started writing these SOPs that there's a lot of shit. <laughs> there, there's a lot of steps to what I do. I didn't, I didn't realize it. Didn't realize how many different things that I do and within those things that I do, how many steps I have to spell out 
to, you know, show someone else to do it. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, and it's no way that I can, you know, get to my get to my level of success if I uh, try to do it myself. Now, this ties to the private label thing to a certain degree. Now, like I said, some people might be saying like, well, why did you, you know, why would you even, you know, entertain the private label stuff? Well, first of all, because I could, you know, I had the financial means to do it. Okay. And it's worth making that investment to see how that's going to play out. But my main business is what I'm doing now. But I do believe that you should spend some of your time, some of your time, if you're in this business where you do not own the brand or you do not, uh, uh, you do not have a line of your own products, you need to spend some time at some point when you're financially able to, you need to spend some time. I don't care how much time it is. You need to spend some time going through that process because here's what, here's, here's what all, uh, you know, the real connection between all of this, between the SOPs and the private label. Now, my main problem with the private label, private label is I don't have the time. I don't have the time to figure out ads and all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't, you know, but I can start spending more time on that so I can achieve my ultimate goal if I'm outsourcing my a lot of my work. I can get there faster. I can spend more time. I can figure it out more faster on the higher level stuff. That's the higher level stuff for now, at least, you know, until I'm able to outsource, you know, the private label part of my business. But, um, that the private label part of my business is the one that I'm trying to expand. I'm trying to get a grip on that so I can have some, because the thing is with, with the private label stuff, what, what a lot of people don't understand is I can do the same numbers that I'm doing now with my wholesale um, retail business. I can do with a few products from private label, you know, if I can get it up and going, you know, but, once I get my wholesale retail business in a written format and have that, you know, turning like a machine, I'll be able to spend more time and make more investments into the longer term vision. Because this stuff is short. This is short term. What I'm doing now is very short term. It's very short term um, thinking. It's short. Like when if you're selling on if you're selling on you know e-commerce, and you're selling on you know the platforms, you know the Amazon, the Etsy's, the Poshmark. It's a short term strategy. Because all you're doing, you're just turning products, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can make a lot of money doing it. I'm making a lot of money doing it. There's a lot of you making a lot of money doing it. That's cool. That's good. That's good. Okay. But at a certain point, okay, you are going to have to incorporate a longer term strategy. See, this would get you in the door with money, right? See, this would, this would give you the cash cow, what we're doing now. That's fine. That's cool. You know, that's perfect because you can have this cash cow for a very, 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 very long time. Very long time. 
But if you're not leveraging your expertise to doing something for yourself, you know, well, what I mean by that is like, you know, having your own line of products. Well, let, let me, let me, let me just, maybe I can just put it in a different, different, different terms where people, a different term where people understand. Okay. People understand. Okay. Let me see. How, how can I give an example where people, where people will understand this? Cause I'm not, I'm not giving it any justice right now. Hmm, what's a good example? Like, um, let's say, let's say, let's say uh, you are a, let's say you're a, um, you work you let's say you work for let's say you work oh what's the what's the you know I'm, I'm trying trying to think of a real life example but you may have heard of this before or something similar to this before like if you th- if you think of these um if you think of any like big business um if you think of any like you know very big business or very big successful business, whether it's like social media, for example, or they, I don't know Facebook or whatever, you know, you know a lot of these people who work at these places, they they work there, and they get it. They're engineers or whatever the fuck, right? And they get nice, decent salaries, and you know they're able to you know live and be good, right? But then what they do is sometimes they partner up with other employees. To start a new company. Similar to the one that they're working in. All right. So whether it's, uh, um, you know, let's say if it's, social, if it's a social media uh, uh, company, right? The, the, the guys, well, they'll, they'll, you know, the guys or girls, they'll come together and start their own company. Social media company. And they'll take what they learned from the place that they worked out, they worked at. And they make something better in their minds, at least, or attempt to. Okay. They're doing something for themselves. Now, working where they're working is cool. They, they're generating cash flow, nice cash flow because they're, you know, high paying jobs usually. Um, and, and they're doing what they're doing, but they, they, they're leveraging their knowledge and their expertise into doing something for themselves. This happens all the time. Okay, so, um, so when you're, you know, maneuvering through life, start, you know, paying attention to that. And there's many situations you may have not, um, many situations you've seen or, or people you've seen who've done something similar or stories you've heard of where people have done something similar where they're working for a specific company and then, um, they get so good at that company, they may be quit that company and they may they might become an an advisor right uh to that company because they're so good at what they're doing they were working for themselves but then uh, they were working for that company and then they became an expert and now they're advising that company that's another example but this stuff happens all the time you know where you learn something somewhere and then you leverage what you're learning to start your own thing that's what we're talking about here 
Okay, that's exactly what we're talking about. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else is there? Um, I have uh, like I said, I had seven, eight, seven to eight, or maybe even nine, but I think I have seven or eight uh SOPs, and I have my uh my virtual assistant go through. I gave my virtual assistant some new tasks to complete these these different jobs that we we that you know that you know that she would follow these SOPs to complete these jobs. And um she uh is some lear- learning curve cuz she's usually doing my accounting. Um but she was open to expanding her work with me. And um I was definitely open to expanding my work with her. It's it's my my virtual assistant I've been with for a I don't know 2018 or so. Um, and we're kind of like in the middle of getting all those different things that I wanted her to get done, done. And, uh, it's been going pretty well. It's been going pretty well. There's some hiccups. There's some hiccups because this stuff is like, you know, sort of new for her and, and, uh, you know, and we're kind of going back and forth. You know, she lives in a totally different time zone. Uh, in Pakistan, so sometimes the the communica- communication there might be a, a delay, but you know, like a day or two, not a day or two, but the days, the communication could be a little bit delayed. But anyways, um, so, so you know, we're, um, you know, testing my SOPs on my, uh, with with my 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 VA. And so far, so good. I'm still, uh, we're still going back and forth on, on some feedback and I'm going to be making some updates on certain things, but this is my new way of doing things now. So I have many SOPs I'd have to create. And another thing I have to point out is, um, now I, I do have these SOPs, SOPs, but there's still SOPs that I have to follow. Now there's SOPs that I'm creating for myself to follow because there's certain things that my, my rule in terms of, oh, okay, what SOPs do I need to start with? I need to write, uh, start with to write. There's just one rule or one um, test to say, oh, okay, well, what do I need to, um, to, the, to the question, what do, what SOP do I need to create? And, and, and the answer is very simple. It's whatever, <clears throat> whatever, um, whatever you're not required to do okay like there's certain things that i'm required to do like if i want to like for me like i said i need a variety in my uh in my niche so i need i need to bring more products to market uh and it's not hard to do i just you know i just if you know with my supplier i just you know buy more products and then what i do is though i do the photography i do the product photography that's the only thing I can do right now. Now I could get somebody to I can hire somebody to do the product photography for me, but honestly, that's gonna be um, that's gonna be another step that I don't want to wait for. So I'm just going to um, create an SOP. Uh, I'm going to create SOP 
that doesn't involve that right now because I'm, I'm going to focus on the photography uh <clears throat> so so don't think i i have to do my photography right now okay but sh she can do the other things you know like the listing creation you know getting the listing on on etsy and so on and so forth um getting the uh, uh yeah cre creating the listing okay i don't need to do that now here's where it gets a little little tricky now in the listing there's certain things in the actual listing let's let's just say for etsy for example um there's certain sections in the listing that i have to fill out that like for example on etsy like the tags and the title i don't have a system my my, my virtual assistant is not going to know uh how to put the title in at least not yet i don't have a process for that that's something i'm going to need to do because there's a certain way that i do it and she's not familiar with the actual products that i sell you would have to be familiar with the actual products that I sell to know how to create a title and know how to create the tags. And, um, be, and, 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 uh, yeah. So, um, so right now I'm, I'm, that's something I can do, but even though that's something I'm going to be doing, I'm still going to try to think of it in terms of how can I systematize these things, even for myself. Like if, if even if I can't uh, outsource it yet, um, I need to be able to systematize it for myself. So I'm thinking everything in terms of uh, how can I write a process down that I follow, even if it's something I have to do, and then you know obviously something that someone else can do. So I'm, I'm every SOP that I create, there's always another one that I need to create. Or the, another one that I realized that I, need to, that, that I need to create, and at some point I'm basically basically going to have a a booklet, uh, a booklet worth of information. Um, but right now, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to create an actual booklet, but I'm just saying like if I were to put them all together, they'll be, they'll fit in a booklet, um, or some type of spiral binder or something like that. But right now, I'm just using Dropbox. I'm putting everything in there, so um, I'm organizing it in 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 a way that somebody can follow right so if someone needs to learn a specific situation they can go in dropbox log in and then they can follow like the, the files are you know in a way where it's like oh, okay let me i'm trying to figure out how to do this so i'm gonna go click this click this click this click this click click this and the, and the sop that i'm looking for should, should be here it's like i'm really um trying to be as detailed and as uh linear thinking as possible in terms of creating these things this was what's going to give me the freedom to um pursue other businesses which i don't plan on doing but i'm just saying you know i would have more time to uh in for me my my goal is to invest back into my business with the private label there's many and and, and there's there's many different things i want to do with the private label and I'll probably discuss that real quick before we get out of here. But um, but I wanted to um, say this last thing about the SOPs. See, um, I get it if, if it's not something you're not interested in. 
because for a long time I wasn't interested in it. But I was saying it is the thing that's going to free you. It's going to free you. It's going to free you. The SOP, the, the standard operating procedure that you create, each one you create, you buy back your time, not with money. See, a lot of times you can buy your time with money. Yeah, you can. But in, in, in entrepreneurship, you buy back your time with your SOP. That's one less thing you have to do. You can spend more time doing something else. And something else could be as simple as sitting on your ass. I find that enjoyable too. If that's something else that's sitting on my ass, I'm cool with that too. But the point is, you're buying back your time with each SOP. I didn't think about it like that until um, recently. I knew I, I intellectually understood the importance of it. But I didn't really understand how much time that I'm buying back. See, it's going to get to a point where, see, at some point, I'm going to, you know, everything I do is going to be written out into a, some type of procedure, operating procedure, everything that I do. And at some point, I'm going to be able to train other people how to create SOPs. That's where the true freedom is. But I'm, in, I'm enjoying the process, so I don't mind doing it. But there may be some of you that maybe not will not enjoy this. And I think, you know, um, at some point in time, I may be able to, um, I may be able to offer a template, a SOP template, um, for you to fill out your own SOPs. I, I maybe I, I I just thought about that re, um, very 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 recently. It's like hmm, maybe I can offer that for people who just really don't want to do it on their own. Um, it's something in my mind. I'll just say that, and um, yeah, so. Let me let me go back to the 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 private label stuff real quick. Stuff that I forgot to talk about. Um, I had a list of products when I created my first private label product that I've been talking to you about. I had a list of products that I wanted to um, explore and um, source. You know, and put them under my private label brand. And one of the things I've been doing, not related to the specific product that I have now, is trying to explore some of those other products. Because I honestly, ideally, I would like to have maybe three or four products working on, you know, maybe not three or four, maybe like two or three private label products at the same time. Because there's so much time that it takes to get one up and going, I would like to focus on more than one so I can have more than one thing going at, at the same time. But anyways, 
um, I, I had a number of products. Like I have uh, two brands that I'm trying to build out. And I know it seems like, well, you know, spreading yourself thin, all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's, for me, it's not. And um, there's a reason why. Maybe I'll be able to explain that while I'm explaining all this stuff to you. But, um, but anyways, so I have, uh, uh, you know, for those, you know, who listen, that they know that I, part of my business is a Q4 business. And, and I, in Q4, meaning I just, I sell seasonal products, Christmas decorations during Q4. That is another area of my business of the past, at least. And there's a number of products that, um, that I've been wanting to, um, you know, since last Q4, I've been looking for, and I've been able to do some searches and save some, um, products on Alibaba, Alibaba. Um, you know, just, just, you know, searching for different things. And then I didn't, I, I thought the product that I have now was my, um, was going to be the, the thing that I needed to focus on the most. Um, but when, but I, I should have focused on maybe a, a few other things as well. But anyways, neither here nor there. But my point is, I, had, I, have, I have a whole list. This is not the only thing that I've uh, been wanting to work on. And I, I just thought this would be the most important, the most profitable, etc. And I picked this one out of the bunch of, of private label products to focus on. But anyways, so I've been reaching out to those suppliers who I've been... Um, saving from my searches late last year and um i've been let down you know let down you know they they want too much money for their uh you know for their product and i was like you know i know in in some of these products like my the q4 products you know these are commodities like i mean <clears throat> they're not you know these are commodities they're not like like, you know, they're not proprietary type products. So, you know, you can find them on Alibaba and sell your own. Just put your, put your brand on it and whatever, you know. But I've been able to sell these products online, these uh, Christmas decorations. You can find them on Alibaba, you know. And um, I have found a few. And I want to basically... Um, sell that sell the same product or something something very similar under my own brand name uh under my you know i have a christmas decoration brand that i don't have any products under it right now but i i, I uh i have a brand already picked out a name at least already picked out and you know i'm ready to go but um i have not been able to secure any deals anything that makes sense i have some products i've been searching Oh uh, man, I've been searching for the for a specific supplier. I I I was I was given a tip on a business. I was given a tip from a business I used to buy from wholesale. I used to buy wholesale from um that they went out of business. Another another business bought their business and I and I and they they had a a, a very hot product that I used to buy. I I bought for like 3 or 4 years. Uh maybe 3 years. Um, but they were going out of business, so I was trying to, you know, get access to their supplier, and because they weren't going to be selling that product anymore, but it's a hot seller, 
it was a it's a freaking hot seller like man but um i was trying to you know she gave me the information she she didn't you know she you know she was doing me a favor you know she didn't have to or she shouldn't have just she tipped me off on on their supplier but she didn't give me any contact information and then you know i can't get in contact with her anymore but uh but she gave me the name of the supplier i've been searching high and low and i cannot find them i can't find them for the for the life of me and i've been i've been you know doing google searches here i've been you know doing these international brokers and all this kind of stuff and logistics companies that they were involved with and, and no one can seem to help me in terms of giving me contact information um so i might have to uh go a different route and design my own um uh, product because basically my, my my question was my my i was just going to see say hey you know you guys used to make this product for this company can you make it for me that's the, that's my only question you know because i wanted to stick with their their materials their their design their everything like that uh if if, if they allowed and i can't find them i've been searching for weeks and um uh yeah and, and the person who the person who worked at that company i used to buy from only gave me the company's name they're somewhere in china that's all i know uh and uh yeah so anyways so i'm have to design i'm have to find a supplier on alibaba and see if they can design a product that's very similar um but i would have to get on that very quickly because um you know I know we're about, to, we're about to be in June, but because of all the delays in terms of samples and, you know, the sea freight and shipping like that could take up to 60 days and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get any, you know, I would need to get on that pretty quickly so I could be ready for Q4. Um, but and, and I have some other products that are from my main business that I want to uh, get started. But, you know, a lot of those suppliers that I that I saved from last year, they're just, you know they're responding to me slow so i'm like nah i'm not i'm cool like i'm i have a very i'm very strict on like uh and and and, and that's that, that's what my experience with my current private private label product taught me is basically just like what standards i need to have for these suppliers uh because they, these were very good people like you know people i talked to on facetime and you know people who i've been messaged with the company that i you know the supplier that that i have my private label product from now but anyways that that experience what it did teach me was okay these are my standards like if you don't respond to me like okay we're done um if you can't you know do what i'm saying i need you to do we're done like i'm very strict like i'm not about to just because it takes too long to do this stuff and if you aren't going to you know uh if the supplier is slow to respond or you know iffy or not knowing what the fuck is going on like I just gotta like okay move on you know and 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 I and I had a supplier that I they're the only supplier that I was able to find that can sell that can that that had that can make this product that did very well for me in Q4 Christmas product um you know it's a commodity I can just you know you, you can find it on on Alibaba it's not a proprietary design or anything like that um but uh uh they're the only ones I'm able to find, but they couldn't, they couldn't do what I needed them to do. So I had to drop them. Like, I mean, the, the prices were too high anyway, but the communication, the, the, the unwillingness to, to, to work with me, 
you know, t the unwillingness to give me a, um, give me the benefit of the, of the doubt and try to like, you know, work with me in terms of price and stuff like that. Like, you know, we out of here. Even like, like this product would do very well. Like I didn't have enough of it, you know, in Q4 last, uh, last year. And there's so many different questions that people were asking me. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a hot set. This is going to be a hot seller moving on, moving forward. If I can, you know, get something very similar to this or, you know, very, yeah, very similar to this. And, and, um, in the quantities that I, that I, that I needed at, but they couldn't, you know, I, I would try to find another supplier that can sell a similar product, but I haven't been able to find one, but I had to be able, I had to walk away from that situation because the communication and, and it just didn't go well. So, um, so that's one thing all this stuff has taught me, but there is, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm out of all the Q4 products that this Christmas decoration products that I've been wanting to private label, um, all of my prospects, none of them, none of them turned out well at all. So I'm, I'm starting from zero again. Um, and I have some other products that I'm, I, uh, for my main business, that I want to um, try to bring to market under my private label brand. I'm not in a rush though, because uh, I'm just not. They they aren't that compelling. Like there's there's one product that I'm like, I think, I think you know, I I, I I'm I'm somewhat confident about, but. There's so many different suppliers who can offer the same product. I'm like, okay, well, I have to go through quite a bit to understand like the differences between each supplier and their pricing. Cause it, you know, it's, it's, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's not that clear cut. It takes time, but, um, but I'm open to it. Um, this is it. My first time, you know, searching for private label products. I, like I said, I, I tried this back in 2018. Didn't work well. That wasn't successful at all. This is my the private label product that I have now is my most successful um, from start to end. You know what I'm saying? Um, but going through that process is helping me understand how to go through that process again. And um, yeah, so I'm you know I'm still looking. But anyways, but all of that you know, is going on, like I said, you know, it's like five to 10% of my time is focused in that area. Most of my area is focused on what I'm doing right now. So, um, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Thank you guys again, man. Thank you guys again for, for tuning in. Um, I wanted to make this podcast long because I, I, um, uh, I, um, it took me a while to get a podcast out. So I probably would have had two podcasts out already. So this is the equivalent of two podcasts. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'll be back with another episode as soon as possible. Peace.